the Charlton Daily. A Scotland Euro 2020 podcast by Hottie the Hack. Hello there, it's episode 9. Still going, um, despite the fact that my head's a wee bit wonky today. Um, ben will know that I was <laughs> on his podcast, I was hitting the cheeky vimp toes yesterday. Uh, yes, we are here, it's episode 9 and it's the big day. This is the biggest of all the days in the Euros. Except for maybe one of the countries that wins it in the final. Um, but hopefully that country's not England. That's all I can say. Now, this is Mr. Benjamin Bloom. His motto on his football channel, the Benjamin Bloom, Flo- Bloom, <laughs> again, Benjamin Bloom Football Channel, which has lots and lots of subscribers on YouTube, a lot more than me, is leaves your bias at the door. Well, on the Tartan Daily, we very much <laughs> do not do that. So, yes, bias is well and true. And the first thing that Ben said to me is, that podcast that you were on with me, the comments are hilarious. So I'm expecting to get a few pelters. But how are you the day, Ben? Are you as excited as me for this biggest of all football games? I've just overcome your flagrant disrespect to the English nation yesterday. <laughs> I'm good. And um, you're down in London. You're closer than me. I'm here in Bedfordshire. We've got some lovely Scottish weather for you here. Um, ready for exactly. the match. It's belting it's it down in Bedfordshire, I tell you. Yeah, it's turned here. It's a what well, Scotland has a, a wee bit of proprietary language, drich, which is okay. a for a day that is epitomised by grey dullness, right? <laughs> um, and it's unsurprising that we have a, a a word that just encapsulates that whole thing. But yes, it's a very drich day in London today. But I, I, uh, my flagrant disrespect for the English convention. <laughs> I was on Ben's channel yesterday talking about Scotland. He was hitting me with the questions to to preview the big game. So if after watching this, you want something to do, then go over there and give that a wee watch. It's but, very, it's very hostile and very confrontational. Stuart's <laughs> very aggressive for the whole show. <laughs> got to be, mate. Got to be. <laughs> uh, properly channeling my William Wallace brave. I hope people can read my sarcastic voice, Stu. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. But even if they can, what I want you to read is the comments with people slagging me on that video. So hit me with them first before we get. Yeah, let's do, let's do a couple. So um, you very very disrespectfully and provocatively um, called the English both arrogant um, and entitled. I think you also called them twerps bums and no you didn't do that you did call them arrogant and disrespectful can i just read the first one i really like this is probably my favorite straight away this is ewan where are the subtitles (laughs) good (laughs) you've got respect for that one um i even had my like wanting to be understood by middle england voice on yesterday here's a good one this this is from harry bish crew i know it's just opinion but I did find it funny how the Scottish bloke says England fans feel entitled and overhype their team, which I think we probably do the opposite, then proceeds to overtype, overhype a bunch of players that are mainly on the bench for their clubs and says Tierney is better than Maguire. This is this is how disrespectful you were, Stuart. T- Tierney is a better player than that. <laughs> Anyway, um, any any others that you want to pick out? You got you got one for the. I, I, I wanted your I wanted your reaction. Um, uh, what might... No, no, no. I'm just I, mate. I just take it in the chin. That's me. Because I'm trying to find another English people. 
these arrogant entitled English people are just going to write all their comments. There's, and there's one here to do so. There's one here directed at me from Thomas that says that opening partridge on steroids. I love it. <laughs> so I got I got compared to the worst broadcaster in the history of. <laughs> The universe. So there we go. I I had a total partridge one in episode two of this where I um wrapped Eminem lyrics and put She Adam's name in the the rap, but they forgot about She. You know the song "Forgot About Dre." I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, Nowadays, everybody want to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out. They move their lips. It's just a bunch of gibberish. Yeah. And like, they forgot about She. Oh, there you go. Do you know um? I can do that whole song, but there's a lot of Fs and dare I say ends in that that I couldn't I couldn't yeah, do no, you on your show at all. Yeah, you're going to be cancelled, man, and don't get me cancelled. <laughs> now, everyone, there's a couple of people have said hello in the comments. Um, people that like you as well, Stu saying Benji Bloom, what a legend. Wish the vast majority of England did. It's in the media, Motson, Tilsley, Kugat, Inverdale. <laughs> Etc. Um, football's gammon home, brilliantly. Oh. I like that. Oh, um, me. And all thank thank you, Stu. All right, chaps. Um, so you are, you, you, I think that means that you're not a gammon monster, mate. I think that's what that means. <laughs> I, I, I look a bit like one today, <laughs> a bit red in the face today, I have to say. Been out, been out in the sun, but I had that dis um, that horrible moment where I went in the car just an um, hour ago and I had to turn the um turn the temperature from low back onto back onto warm but anyway now talking of like comparing your face to me right one of the best lookalikes i've ever seen was alex mcleish being compared to Brady. it doesn't sound <laughs> funny but it's absolutely hilarious i just say google let me let me try it now if you alex mcleish oh, gets alex mcleish gets um bad rap for his marriage management what a player Mm -hmm. uh, he was he was a brilliant player and Willie Willie Miller as well. What a player! Yes, very good players, mate. Very good players. Um, I don't know how to do the thing where I bring up the browser window and get this on it, but just Google Alex McLeish and Brady Tam. Anyone? Oh, okay. Nice. Money. Now let's actually do some podcasty stuff, mate. Um, tell me about today's game. Tell me how you're feeling ahead of it. Are you feeling arrogant and entitled? Never, never, ever. You're talking to look on the look on the wall. That Ipswich Town scarf makes me not arrogant or entitled in any way, shape, form. Although it's, it's like my grounding, it drags me down. Very excited. I'm excited now, but I'll actually get very nervous um, when we get towards the game. And I'll I'll look at Andy Robertson and I'll see Roberto Carlos or something. And I'll look at John McGinn and I'll see I don't know. Stephen Gerrard or something like that. In, um, but no, very, very excited. We've had leaky, leaky, leak today. And we do think uh, Harry Maguire is not going to be starting. It's going to be um, yeah, Stones and Mings, don't we? So really, I think the only the only question is, will Chilwell, um, probably Chilwell overshore, will Chilwell come in over Trippier or will um, Southgate go completely unchanged? So... Um, I'm hoping for a nice bit of boring stability from um, Southgate and the um, English selection. And, yeah, then I'm sure your boys are going to really, first 15 minutes, be that's the danger time, isn't it, where um, you guys can swing the game in your favour if 
if it's going to swing in your favour. And and then I'm hoping things cool down. And um, without any sense of arrogance or entitlement, that probably the extra quality the English have got on the pitch, hopefully can then tell later in the game. That's my hopes for it. Aye. I mean, what put... <laughs> I don't know about putting a number on it, but like, how much a chance have Scotland got here? Because we're coming up against, let's be honest, a vastly better side. But um, anything can happen in a game of football. One of the oldest cliches in the book. And this is like, this has got the feel, for me, it's got the feel of an FA Cup tie a wee bit. You're going to the home of the bigger team that sort of plays close by and you're going there to try and sort of rain in their parade a wee bit when you might get actual rain as well. Um, looking outside. But I, I just think Scotland... I think we properly need to have a go. I mean, we'll set up at times to the, with a low block and, and be hard to break down. Obviously, the game's going to have spells like that. But when we get the ball, we need to use it and we need to attack. And I think that's got to be the tactic that Scotland adopts, surely, because anything else would be letting down the, the, the fans who have waited three years to see us get a chance to do something like this. And it's it's pretty epic. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you mentioned the, you know, the sort of mid-low block or whatever it's going to be. And if the wingbacks fold back into the five and then you do expect a row of three in front of them and that if it goes wrong, that can become a flat back eight pretty quickly, can't it? But it's yeah. that out ball, isn't it? And like you were mentioning yesterday, whether it's um, a Ryan Fraser, whether it's Christie, whoever the out ball is, whether it is Lyndon Dykes and get someone as close to him as you can. It's You, you probably would imagine that um, in terms of the ball being dominated, the Scots are probably not going to dominate the ball. Therefore, it's transition and it's, can you catch England up the pitch? Will Declan Rice actually move off that, um, off that defensive midfield position and then work from there? Of course, if you have... Um, uh, the, na- the names we mentioned, Robertson, um, from an attacking sense, I guess, um, some, someone like a Ryan Fraser or a Che Adams or John McGinn, they can score past England. If they get the chances, they can score. But it's, like you say, it's um, making the most of the ball and creating the big chances, isn't it? Here's one for you. Obviously, Dean Henderson's dropped out of the squad. Is Nick Pope a better keeper than Jordan Pickford? Um, it's... <laughs> Not for Gareth Southgate, no. For Sean Dyche, yes, okay. yeah, because we had Nick Pope in one of the um, one of the qualifiers, and poor guy looked rather oh, nervous as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're we're kind of behind him um, in in my sort of echo chamber, but um, no, he was being asked to service the back three with the ball, and he tried to tried to ping it out to the fullback, and and it, and it didn't work. And I think what Pickford gives you is is the ability to do that, good personality. Um, the difficult thing is the comparison with someone like Joe Hart, where you have someone who gets too hyped up and too emotional. And I just have um, one of the most brutal things you'll ever see in football is the Andrea Pirlo penalty against Joe Hart, where you have someone who's overly emotional and possibly the most calm man ever to play football. <laughs> and but Stu, when you can 
when you can leverage someone's own emotion against them and you've got Joe Hart yelling and waving his hands and he just dinks it straight down the middle. So that that's the worry. But absolutely glorious, by the way. That, even moment. I, I, do you know my general reaction? The last Penenka penalty I saw was actually scored by Wayne Rooney at Derby against Barnsley or something. I tend to just <laughs> laugh when I see Penenka penalties. I find them very, very amusing. But, um, and this is something Gareth Southgate really just keeps repeating the whole time. Stay calm, lack of emotion. Obviously, you see the Italians the other night and we discussed this. Emotion can be a great thing when you see Chiellini singing the national anthem and the way they celebrate the goals. But we need calmness. We need a calm Jordan Pickford. Um, it would help to get Harry Maguire in front of him at some point. But um, I'll tell you what, like the way Scotland win this game is by making England emotional. I think 100%. If England remain calm, I think they win the game. But, I mean, it would be a real leveller if England, if, if, if England end up getting someone sent off for a rash tackle or something. I'm looking at Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips, maybe. Um, then I've seen Calvin Stu, I've seen Calvin Phillips get sent off. Actually, he has. He's he's um he's an interesting one, Calvin, because he's obviously the whole Bielsa thing makes him incredibly calm. You know, this whole um, repetition, repetition. There's a game against QPR where I have to say, as a dodgy goal went against Leeds, it was a clear handball and. Um, he just lost it at the end and went right through. I can't remember who it was. Might have been Luke Freeman, possibly. I can't remember. He went right through someone and got himself red carded. So there is a fuse there. But I think having played a season of Premier League, Premier League football, but you know as well as I do now, Stu, that you don't have to lose your temper to get red carded. You just have to miss time of tackle by half a second nowadays, and especially if it goes to VAR and they play it in hyper slow motion where everything looks like a Mike Tyson punch or something, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it does It does make things look a lot worse than they are. Uh, and a, a lot of tackles look like that. Like Jay Fulton's, for example, in the playoff final is a good example of a tackle that looked a lot worse than the replay, I think. Is, was know? he not um, around the around the squad here? With, I, I like him as a... No? Nah, nah, I mean, if you look at our options in midfield, I think we're blessed with too many options. And yeah, right. Just not. He's just not of the record. Yeah, he's, he's a he's a good player. Good player, yeah. He's not he's not Scotland no. uh, midfield good, I don't think. Because that is I think that's the difference, Stu. When you compare the sorry to interrupt, when you compare the Scots and the Welsh, the Welsh are having to rely on a few championship players, aren't they? Whereas the Scots, you look, you've got a midfield with a Southampton player, a Manchester United player, and a Villa players. It's a different level than we've you know, got, with, res we've got a with respect. So, um, yeah. but no, talking about the Welsh, uh, starting with Joe Morrell of Luton, yeah. and um, I know Joe Allen's been a great player, but he's not the Joe Allen from 2016. He's, he's on the Stoke, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a... No, I think so. Um, Joe Morrell's an interesting one. I actually think, I think he's probably a better player than the club he's at. Um, not that they're doing that badly in in, in recent times, but he. I think he's quite good because alongside the, the class of like an Aaron Ramsey, I think Morel's level of busyness is, is really good in their midfield. And I think Yeah, that, he bring he brings brings a good modesty and humbleness, doesn't he, next to Ramsey? Energy as well, you know, like yeah. his energy and just running and, and grit and, and willingness. And that's what Scotland are gonna need to do the, the night. We're we're gonna need to run through brick walls time and time again. And 
I just hope that our physicality stands up to the test of playing against England because all of the England players are just monsters, you know. Two and questions for you, Stu. Are we going to see Paul Lambert on the BBC coverage? And did you know Paul Lambert used to play for Borussia Dortmund? Um, that actually is Paul. Quicker than Paul, Paul Lambert. Yes, I did know he used to play for Borussia Dortmund. Really no, cool. Spider no, just, just in case no one had mentioned it or he hadn't mentioned it. Um, no, I just no, wanted I to mention that. I, I played for Borussia Dortmund. <laughs> I, but that we, we, he's Dreek. He's actually, you know, I'm talking about epitomised by Dreek. <laughs> Can I give right, you? He's actually here to go now as well. Can I give you one bit of um, information that um, might change your life and help you? Did you know Jude Bellingham is seventeen? I did know that. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's quite. I think he's an exciting talent, but he's not got the Wayne Rooney two thousand and four factor yet. I mean, yeah. he That's a high bar. <laughs> he might. Well, I because that was the best period of Wayne Rooney's career. He was one of those players that peaked in his teens, like Michael Owen. Same as I was just going to say, Bob, Mike, Michael Bob Owen. Bob. Yeah. And as an English fan, you look back at that tournament and uh, the injury to Rooney and then you losing on penalties yet again. See, see yeah. of that golden generation, that was the one you would have won because you would have beat Greece. Rooney would have unlocked that Greek defence. Like, he had it. No, Stu, Rooney... At that point, you're you're right. Rooney was a force of nature. He was, you know, he could have just got through anyone. Can I do a clanging name drop? Go for it. We had Kieran Dyer on the Ipswich podcast the other day, and he was nice. talking about England. Nice who he was. Like you knew who you were talking to. Um, by the way, for anyone that's uninitiated, I'm referring to a clip uh, that I think it was ITV Anglia, maybe or, or BBC. Anglia. Oh, where they asked him about the team, not realizing he was the best player in the team. Exactly, it was hilarious. Yeah, who, who do you who, who do you play with? Um, yeah, yeah. What, what, what do you do? Uh, yeah, <laughs> switch. Yeah. So, uh, oh, right, right. And um, what, 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 what level do you play? First team. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's, it's just like you're sitting there like that as a journalist going. <sighs> um, but Kieran was talking about the centre-backs when um, I can go chapter and verse. I've got a good key for more story, actually, if you want to. I look forward to that, but also Neil Doherty was on the, the pod as well. He's um proper, proper big Scotland fan. Thanks for watching, Neil. I'm, I'm glad you're was, was he as equally disrespectful as you were, Stuart? No. No, good on yeah, you, Neil. We're talking about setting bars, mate. I set a new bar for disrespect. <laughs> anyway, I was just going to say, when Kieran was in the squad in 2002, he listed the centre-backs, and it was, I can't even do it justice, Sol Campbell, Rio Ferdinand, John Terry, Ledley King, Jamie Carragher, Martin Keown. And wow. I know it's insane, and that was around that time. you That was pre-Rooney coming in, but... Um, Who do you think is the best pundit out of them? Like, do you do you? Oh Christ! Um, I, think I can't count Gary Neville in there. Oh, uh, Carragher probably, I reckon. Carragher's probably the best, isn't he? Um, I, I think Martin Keown says things that just that suggests that he's been Hunter S. Thompson before the game. You know, like, <laughs> I, I would bow to your superior knowledge on anything punditry wise, and I'd also plead the fifth. Because we've been doing watch-alongs, I've not—I've li literally not watched the game in the Euros that I haven't been covering on a watch-along, so I haven't heard any of the commentary. Can I give Neil my Kiefer Moore story? 
Yes, and uh, he says that it was uh, that was that was in the Lambert and Bellingham vibe as we know, mate. I like it. Aye, that is where for Moore's story, mate. Go. So I was up doing a Sheffield United game, and as you probably do, whenever you're commentating on them, I ended up in you, get, you go up early, professional, end up in the Meadow Hall or whatever it is, eating the shopping centre, eating right. yeah TGI Fridays or whatever it was, and I think I think it's around Christmas, so I, I got. A, I think I've got like a present for my missus or something. And I'm, I'm walking down. So Kiefer Moore is at Ipswich at this point on loan at Rotherham. So he was local to the area. So I'm walking down the thing and there he is, stood just by the door. He's obviously waiting to meet somebody. Last thing he wants to do in the entire world is talk to a football fan. Times that by two, an Ipswich fan. Okay, so I go up to him <laughs> and open with the immortal words, are you Kiefer Moore? <laughs> I couldn't think of anything there. Anyway, yeah. And I went, oh, please. I like you ask that. He's like nine foot 11. He wasn't as famous as he is um, now, especially scoring in the Euros now. He's really. Yeah, but he was still huge, right? Oh, he's a, like six five or something. And I'm yeah. five eight. So he's like way, way taller than me. Um, so I shook his hand and said, oh, Jim, can we have a picture? Is that all right? Took a picture with him. And then I tried to engage him in conversation with the opening line, I'm an Ipswich fan <laughs> from that. Because obviously he was at Ipswich, but he'd been loaned out to Rotherham. And the obvious thing was that the Ipswich owner was just going to cash in without him barely kicking a ball at Ipswich. And then he was sold to um, Barnsley, I think, in um, in the January. I think I'm right about that. Someone correct me in the in the chat but he, he yeah it was just bouncing down the leagues as well again didn't he only you know? down to league one but um he's done just to just to talk about it, it's been so brilliant his um his ascent it's been just fantastic that um and someone mentioned it in the thing even simple things like the level of coaching you've received compared to uh like compare the level of coaching phil foden has had already yeah compared to Kiefer Moore's 15-year career or whatever. Phil Foden's like had elite coaching probably from the age of about 14 or something, hasn't he? Well, that, that's an interesting thing. We, we kind of visited that that sort of topic in the Shea Adams pod, episode two, because he obviously broke through Elkiston Town and was playing in the non-league. And it's obviously a complete different type of grounding to the sort of factory of superhuman footballers that, that Man City are churning out. But to, to, to bring it back onto tonight's game, what what are you scared of in this Scotland team? Is there, is there anything you look at and you think, you know what, we need to be on the lookout for that today? Overload, right-hand side, transition, Andy Robertson is scary. And if you're talking about um, Tierney as well and the two of them dovetailing, I think we're all right if it's not on a transition. If, um, you know, Kyle Walker is like probably the fastest right-back in the whole tournament, isn't he? Um, but if he's up the pitch and Declan Rice is not on the cover, that's that's the one, isn't it? And Stu, anyone can score a set play. Anyone. You could put, um, I don't know, Ilkeston Town against Real Madrid and Ilkeston can score a set play. They just can. So, you know, it's, it's we'll those that, things. That, I mean, we're not very big, as my, uh, as my concern. Have you got anyone who can ping one in the top corner? Can Robertson if, do that? David Turnbull, he's not... No, oh, I. I mean, Robertson, mate. I, there are a few players that could do that. The my, my 
the Bellies just decided to give me hiccups, which is it's strange thing, Stu. We broadcasting at all, so this is a first. I'm getting hiccups. We um, were talking so, about um, the class players um, rising up. I thought David Alaba got it really wrong last night. They like played him sweeper um, mm. Austria, and that was an example of the one world class player. Um, being overutilized, so do you know what I mean? That by the way, because Marco Arnautovic thinks he's the one world class player in the world. <laughs> no, it is no. all about by the way. See that when he scored that goal in the opening game. Well, I took one look and I thought it's got to be Alioski. It, it had to have been if you've got Arnautovic and Alioski on the pitch together, it had to be. I don't, I don't know what he was, what he was it's doing. Like he does that, and I like that. Arnautovic just told him to get his act together. Um, I actually tweeted after that one of the best bits of social media I did at Sky was uh, it was this story about how everybody at West Ham wanted Arnautovic out, right? Like oh, really? He just lost all the favour. And my job, I was I was in the social media team at that point, and uh, <laughs> like I, obviously we a tweet. It's all about the social cell, and I put time to get on time for Arnie to get to the chopper, <laughs> which I was quite happy with. Other, you are you are terminated. <laughs> the other good one that I had doing that job was um, it was just after the chat something get banged stuff with Jamie Vardy. Nice. There was a story linking him to Arsenal, and it, I just my, my social cell was score goals get signed. Which uh, I thought was not too bad as well. All I'm, ter- I'm terrible at that stuff. And so am I, usually. Like, quite unimaginative. But that, that's the two good bits of social media work I did in about two years. <laughs> Great value. <laughs> first guy, so definitely <laughs> get me back doing social media stuff. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm getting to that stage now where I just want it to be here and then I'll get watching the game and I'll just want it to be over. Um, I'm kind of sad that I'm not watching it with my family because it's been quite good watching the, the tournament with them. Um, we shout out for the hashtag Hoos Punditry thing that I'm doing. Uh, that's Hoos spelt like house, but with two O's. Um, Hoos Punditry, which is things like uh, Giorgio Chiellini looks like a painter with a hangover. Um, <laughs> it was a, a collaborative effort between my mum and dad. So anyway, you, try, you try and run past him with a football, though. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, like, he's, he's artistic in the way that he, um, in the way that he defends. But I think, uh, I think I stuff like that. Uh, anybody that's got any good ones of them, put on hashtag who's punditry. You're just talking about the I family, have. Stuart. Mm-hmm. I have vivid memories um, of Euro '96. I watched it's just me and my father. It was you know glorious. You know, rite of passage watching with your father, and um, my dad's a fairly calm bloke you know fairly placid I don't know where I got it from my mother obviously and we had this coffee table Do you know I think they've still got it and when Gascoigne scored I remember my dad did a little lap of the coffee table <laughs> celebrating as well so yeah it is a shame to um I mean it's great that we get to do it online now with people you know chatting to us and and whatnot but yeah it is a it's a shame the whole um that, that is a good point. COVID angle you're doing a watch along tonight, aren't you? For for anybody that wants to do it, know that any Scottish people would really want to, because. <laughs> but um, for any of the English people that might be interested, um, I'd like you to be plug for that. And I'll give you a, I'll give you a plug as well. On Tuesday the twenty second, we'll be we'll be there for uh, where it's Croatia, Scotland, and England, Czech Republic at eight pm. So we'll um, we'll be on that one, and I, I'm sure we'll be focused. Um, I'll try and double screen it. Um, 
here and watch watch both at the same time. So yeah, but just through the Euros, we're on. I I guess if you're Scottish, you've got um got an appointment with some booze and some friends and uh, a TV tonight. But um yeah, check that out else elsewhere where you can. Sure, I'll I'll be watching it with all my pals in London, which is going to be quite the thing. Then tomorrow, um, I'm on a TV thing uh which is done in a studio for joe.co.uk what time um, <laughs> at 11 in the morning oh okay also, no no but i'm also up at 7 a.m to do nba work for sky so that's going to be fun um so i it's power be, through power it's, through Stuart. it's going to be a challenging time i, I think I'm, to be honest tonight i'm going to stay sober because if I start drinking, then I could drink myself into a stupor <laughs> if we go on. <laughs> so, I no, I think I think I'll be be keeping that a bit steady tonight. Uh, if if you look at sort of tonight, uh, we, we we kind of covered this in, in sort of the chat we had. But for anyone who's not seen that or on your channel, what under what circumstances does Scotland win this game? Like, what can we? I mean, you've, you've said the kind of things that you're scared of, but what set of circumstances need to happen? Can you, do you notice every question I'm asking is just basically trying to contrive a way to see how Scotland can win the game? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, like, I mean, look, we did, the, the one thing the English have been um, unfortunately very capable of doing is getting in their own heads and, um, you know, on occasion defeating themselves and putting in these very stiff performances at international level where they just look kind of frozen and all the things they can do for their clubs they they don't do so I mean that it sounds a little bit like I flipped the question and made it about England but it is it is about England honestly (laughs) yeah right there has to be some sense of underperformance from from England doesn't it but come on Stu you've watched hundreds of football games so have I We've seen games where a goal goes in after five minutes and you're certain that the, quote, favourites are going to come back and the clock ticks and around and around and around it goes and that chance doesn't come and on comes sub number one and one team gets more and more emboldened whilst the other team gets more and more nervous. So, um, yeah, it does feel like it needs a bit of a bit of a perfect storm um, for the Scots, doesn't it? But... No, we've seen it. We've seen it happen um, before. Although this tournament does seem to be going very favourite heavily, doesn't it? Aye, that's that. I mean, I think happening in international football is kind of what we've seen in club football, where there's a kind of elite rung of clubs that are better than everyone else. I think there's now an elite rung of sort of nations, particularly in Europe, where they are just there's a bit of a gap, a widening gap between them and the Austrias and Switzerland's of the world, you know? So, aye, I, I think that's that, that's just reflective of, of kind of football at large, where it's, it's kind of top-heavy. But I don't know. I, I think we can win this tonight. But um, my main thing is I just hope we don't lose it badly. Like, I don't want us to, to lose the game and, and go out and... and Get, get properly beat. Stu in the comments actually comes, he's got a good one. He says, um, Scotland expect to get pumped, England expect to win the yin and yang. And, and the, the yin and yang element is is um is very true because I think I think there is quite a quite a distinction 
and and the way that the two countries kind of maybe see themselves and the, the expectations and, and and what they want to achieve and how they want to go about achieving it. I think for Scotland, for England, it seems to be, particularly under Southgate, as much about the process as the result, if you know what I mean. For the most part, obviously, the result's king at the end of the day. For the staff, not for the fans. <laughs> Aye, no, no, no. no. This, the, I'm talking, like, for, for them. Whereas I think for Scotland, this tournament's all just about the results. And we didn't get one in the, the game that we were likely to get it. But Scotland have always been better in games against better teams. Like, when we're expected to beat teams, that's when we struggle. That's when we draw in the Faroe Islands and need a 97th-minute goal against Liechtenstein at home and stuff like that. So you Just just on English self-awareness, quickly, in terms of Stu's comment, um, that Stu to this Stu, um, <laughs> you, uh, you are aware that there are a lot of England fans that will punch the air at full time and then go, oh, hang on a minute now, we're odds-on to get one of Portugal, Germany or France in the second phase. And believe me, that we will not be expecting to win that game. So. Thank you. You've just given me a promise of comfort. So if we do get beat and England top the group, having beaten Scotland, yeah, or Luke odds on to top the group, then you're basically making essentially a second round casket for yourself, and that you will be playing a very very good team. So honestly, um, good. you've just given me a reason that it's all right if Scotland lose. Well, look. On Saturday, um, we're going to learn a lot more about England's future in this tournament via the game between um, the fact that, and I'm, I'm not belittling this game, it's massive, but England have already got three points on the board. So the likelihood of qualification is high, mm-hmm. but there's the small matter of um, it's Portugal, Germany. We expect the French to beat the Hungarians now and top the group. So basically, if England top group D... They're gonna get the winner of Portugal, Germany, probably, unless there's the perfect storm, and the Portuguese beat the Germans and then beat the French, and England get the French in the second phase. Oh my god! That that I mean, anyway, that group goes kind of pleases me. To be oh, honest, unless that the Hungarians can finish second somehow, which is not going to happen. But so, right, how ridiculous is it though that Scotland would be better qualifying in third place than second? Right, oh, you're is. talking about it from an English perspective, right? That's where this format is just a nonsense. Do you know yeah, what I, mean? I know what you mean. I know, and I look up here and I see some of them. Uh, so, if you finish second in Group A, you get second in Group B. If you finish first in Group uh, D, you get second in Group F. Um, and okay, some of it's the luck of the draw that second in Group F is much more likely to be a much harder game than uh, second in group B but I do I do and I don't agree with the um with the kind of reductive argument of look you've got to beat the good teams at some point anyway so why not then that's that's not true that's like when people look at the fixtures and say oh well you have to play everybody twice so no that's not it's when you play them is key and what's your momentum and what's their momentum at at that point and I, with the English, I genuinely don't know whether get straight into that huge game where you can potentially be... I mean, this is the thing, Stu. England can be knocked out. Um, what uh, what day would it be? Um, Monday, the, Monday the 28th could be done. Do you know what I mean? It's if they do get one of those teams. And looking and at what, it now... Geldof said we don't like Mondays. Do you know what I mean? Like, but <laughs> that, that, that would be a fine one for me. 
where does third place in group d go um so third place in group d gets first place in group e if or first place in group b so yeah there's a big chance that the czechs or the croats or the scots will have a better um, oh, you save us to last way don't you who's bottom of the group at the moment is it scotland i think it is isn't it so i just went with the order of the just went with the order oh, of the no, no, group. No, no, that's, that's fine. I was only teasing. Czechs are the Croats. Oh, I didn't go alphabetical order, did I? Because it would have been Croats, then the Czechs, then the Scots. So I can't I can't hide behind that one. But <laughs> yeah, there's every chance. Um, if so, for example, if you draw this game, or even if you lose this game and win the last one, two, three, nil, um, and get through as one of the four fastest losers, you get better drilled in England, I reckon. I no, I think that's the thing. So I, I just think that's nonsense. But listen, we're glad to be here. We're excited for tonight, nervous for tonight. And I like, I, I think I, I gave all my sort of proper, qualified, thought out sort of analysis when I went on your pods. Whereas today <laughs> I'm just jangling with all emotion. Like I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm genuinely, I've got like nervous energy. I'm sitting and you know that way when you just start doing stuff through nerves. So like, like my, my legs aren't sitting still on the floor. I'm going like that with my leg. Do you know what I mean? I've just got like loads. You want to come and take my dogs for a walk? Uh, too far away, mate. <laughs> I'd probably end up just going round in circles, giving. <laughs> um, but I, I, um, I, I, I definitely feel the jangle of some nerves going into this. That this this feels different. It doesn't. I mean, if we'd. Do you know what, the scenario where I would have been most nervous is if we'd drawn with the Czech Republic? Because if we'd beaten them, I would feel, right, there's probably a good chance we get Nothing through. to lose at all, yeah. Actually, we probably won't felt like would be <laughs> would be the way that I was looking at it. If we'd drawn with the Czechs, it would be like, we need more points still, but we've got a right good chance. Whereas that had a total sort of deflating kind of thing. No. But, then that just transforms the full thing. It transforms the full picture if we can win this game. I know my internet connection might be getting a bit dodgy. So sure. on on that basis, I think we'll probably wrap up there. Is there anything else you want to sort of yeah, um, or, or put forth before we do? Yeah, I just want to show that because the English are just, we're just not confrontational and disrespectful. I'd just like to say best of luck to you, Stu. Good luck to the um good luck to the Scots. Even if it's not tonight, they can still get through and frankly probably get a better draw in the final game of the round. So good luck. Um and yeah, for everybody, um, and for the Scots in London as well, go and have some drinks, but let's keep it nice and calm over there in, in London. And you know everyone what? the atmosphere's been amazing, mate. Like good. everybody good. seems to be. Like, I think the difference between us and, and English fans is I think we police ourselves when when we go away. Like there is a kind of thing in Scottish culture that we, we want to be representing our country well. Whereas England's obviously got problems with hooligans and guys throwing deck chairs and stuff at each other, you know. Um so I like I, I'm prouder of the behaviour of our fans and I'm prouder of our fans. I think we've got better fans than you. So that's that's one thing that makes me happy. And so I reckon I reckon the 2,000 could outsing the 10,000 middle-class people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dear. He's, now, yeah. he's going down hooligans. Oh, he's that. going class wars now as well. Dearing me. I'm just going for it, mate. I'm just going Any for it. Any little victory now, hey? 
That's it. That's it. I'll tell you what I will apologise for. I'll apologise for saying that Jordan Pickford's face annoyed me. That was a bad That's just in line with your very disrespectful behaviour over the past couple of days. I'm not surprised in, in any way, shape or form, buddy. I am... Uh, so, just in stark contrast to what you're saying, I wish you the very worst of luck. I hope <laughs> you get through, you just get put out heartbreakingly in the semi-finals so that you get the chance to build yourselves up into the belief that you can actually maybe win it this time. But can you imagine, Steve? Can you imagine um, England win the group and then do beat one of um, whoever it would be, Portugal, France, Germany, and then... <laughs> they'll somehow contrive to stuff it up in the quarterfinals against, I, I don't know, like the draw will completely open up and you think, yes, it's going to happen. But, yeah, um, you can't those talk to immortal, me again. Those immortal words, it's coming home. Well, I hope it just stays where it is. That's, that's my view. <laughs> yeah, right. No, listen, I'll tell you what, mate. I hope it's a good game. That's the one thing. I, I mean, it's it's going to be tense, I think, but I hope it's no dull. You know, it, there's, like, no, there's just there's just no way it'll be dull. It just I, I, I don't think that is. Yeah, there's just even if it is really really tight and it's nil nil at seventy five, that's not going to be dull. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's going to be dramatic and it's going to be captivating and and very. And then we're going to be bringing on Jack Grealish. <laughs> Aye. Uh, that's the worry, man. That is the worry. Right, listen, I'll tell you what, mate. Thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate Legend it. Legend, Stu. By Can the way, just, just if anyone can't read my sense of humour, I don't actually think Stuart's disrespectful and I wouldn't do a podcast with him if I thought he was. So just to clear that up for anybody. Uh, no, I, I'm, I, I would rather you hadn't. I, I, would, I would rather <laughs> we hated each other. I have you a reputation to uphold here. Do you, do you know the only problem with us doing these things, mate, is... We could literally do this for hours, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> Jack and Chris Shreve, who did the, the, the 24 hour watch along, oh amazing. my god, respect, for forget about the money for charity. How the hell did they do it? <laughs> that I mean, it's pretty amazing. I think we could probably just fill 24 hours ourselves if we really pushed it, you know. And, and, and 20 of it would be your disrespect. Aye, that's it. And then it thought it would be your entitled arrogance, mate. And on that note, I will say thank you very much to everyone who has watched the Tartan Daily. Can you give me a, um, what's a really good Scottish sign-off and I'll try and do it? Right, that's a deal. Um, although I do play a wee video at the end where I can plug all my stuff. Well, what's a on good... that note, uh, before I give you one, what, where can people find you? I did sort of mention it at the start, but I'll let you do Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At Benjamin Bloom on Twitter, the Benjamin Bloom <laughs> football channel. Um... Give me some Scottish stuff. Go on. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of something appropriate. Uh, something that I'll butcher. <laughs> I know, that's fine. Right. Let's get right into them and get torn into this English mob. Let's, let's get right. right. Hold on. Let's get torn right into this English mob. <laughs> Let's let's get torn right into this English. But I sound like the guy off, um, you know, the guy off Line of Duty. <laughs> with the um, uh, Steve Arnott guy who's got a really thick Scottish accent and has to put on yes. that English accent. Try again. Can you say it one more time? Let's get torn right into this English mob. <laughs> Let's get torn right into this English mob. <laughs> That's Irish. What am I doing? <laughs> uh, Neil Doherty says, good stuff, lads. Enjoy the match. Thanks for watching, Neil. Thanks to everyone else who has watched and uh, anyone who listens to the podcast subsequently. Ben's channel is brilliant. Go over there and have a look at that. I'm also on the, the preview for this game. 
old and need something to do after watching or listening to this, then I would advise that you go do that. And I'm going to play my wee outro video, but just remember, troops, no Scotland, no party. <laughs> Thank you for watching today's Tartan Daily. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be doing each of these every day during the Euros as long as Scotland are in the tournament. Remember, you can find me, I'm Hodgy the Hack, that's H-O-D-G-E-Y the Hack, on all social media. So that's Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you were watching the stream on YouTube today, then please remember to hit the bell for notifications of future streams. And if you're listening on the podcast, then you can subscribe on your major podcast players and please give a rating or a comment seeing how much you enjoyed it. And remember, if you're enjoying these podcasts, then please share them with all your friends. Thank you very much for watching or listening. And remember, no Scotland, no party. <laughs>